AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Hey, Daniel, you know I'm a comic person. So I'm curious to know what would be your superpower if you were a superhero? What would be, what superpower would you pick? I might have to decide between laser beams from the eyes, which mm. seems very useful for like cracking safes and uh, when you lose your keys and stuff, or flying. Flying has always seemed to me like a majestic, amazing thing I wish we could do. Yeah, that's my favorite one too, flying. I would love to fly. The problem is gravity. That's right. It's all about conquering gravity. Being anti-gravity. That's right. I always wonder how Superman does it. You know, does Superman push himself up or is he somehow canceling the force of gravity? Oh, well, we have him scheduled to be a guest on the podcast in a few weeks, so you can ask him directly. (laughs) Oh, good. Good, I look forward to... (laughs) Talking. I thought we also had this interview with this reporter called Clark Kent, didn't we? Aren't we scheduled at the <laughs> yeah, same time? Yeah, we had time? to cancel that one so we could get Superman instead. Oh, oh okay, all right. That's kind of suspicious, but all right. <laughs> they said they wouldn't appear together, so you know, what are you going to do? I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. And welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. In which we take things in the universe, pull them apart, and explain them to you, including how you might be able to cancel some of them. Yeah, we are pro-universe and also anti-universe in this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Today we want to talk about the concept of getting rid of gravity. Is it possible to escape the shackles of the Earth, not just by pushing up against it, by climbing out of that gravity well, but by actually negating it, by turning off Earth's gravity somehow so we could float through the atmosphere and even escape into into space? That's right. Today's topic is... Anti-gravity. Is it possible? What is it? Will anti-gravity technology ever work? 
Will you or your children or your children's children ever get that flying skateboard so you can just float around and avoid traffic and get wherever you want? Is that actually something that's going to happen or is it always going to be in the realms of science fiction? Yeah. Do you think it's possible to make something that somehow is anti-gravity, you know, that it's somehow not affected by gravity? That's the idea, right? Yeah, exactly. That would be the idea. Um, So that's the question of today's podcast. And as usual, before we dig into it, we thought, let's go out and see what people think. Is this something people imagine is possible or people think is ridiculous and absurd? Do you think anti-gravity technology will ever work? Here's what people had to say. Yeah, I think that might be possible. Probably not. Okay. Yes. Yes? Why is that? Um, I just think as technology progresses, it's just something that can become possible. Speaking of really anti-gravity, which like completely removes gravity, then I don't think that's possible, at least from my imagination, in a really short period of time. Okay. I have no idea. Probably, yeah. Yeah, why do you think so? It's probably too expensive to build, but we know that it's theoretically possible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what gives you so much faith? I don't know. I just have a lot of faith um, that with enough effort and people working together that we can figure it out. All right. I love that. (laughs) Great. So, as usual, I am impressed and slightly scared by the faith people have in scientists to basically accomplish anything technological. (laughs) Yeah, but a lot of people were saying that, yeah, it's possible that, that, that they have high confidence in people like you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because they don't know me very well. But uh, I think there's this general sense that once an idea about something is made, it comes up in science fiction or somewhere else, that eventually we'll figure it out. That it's just sort of like on the queue of stuff scientists got to get done, and maybe not this Mm. week or next week, but eventually technology always achieves these things. That seems to be the sense people have. Yeah, it seems that they have the impression that it's just a hard technical problem, you know? Like, it's possible, they just have to figure out how. Yeah, and I think this must be a new sensation. You know, the Mm. feeling that the world is constantly changing, that in a, a year or 10 years or in 50 years, technology will be available that makes the everyday experience really different. Whereas, you know, if you think about like a thousand years ago, everybody's life was basically like their grandparents' life and their great-grandparents' life. And the general sense was nothing will ever change because the Mm. pace of change was so slow, it was basically invisible. Whereas now people expect that their kids will grow up in a different world and their grandkids wouldn't even recognize their world. So that's kind of amazing. Yeah. I guess people expect their grandkids to be floating around, flying. (laughs) That's right. They have to visit their their great-grandkids up in the clouds somewhere. Yeah, but you're right. I think maybe even just 50 years ago or 70 years ago, this feeling probably wasn't there, you know? Yeah, and uh, it's accurate, right? The pace of change is accelerating. Like, things are changing faster and faster. Uh, Somebody said the other day, I thought was really insightful, they said, um, nobody lives in the world they grew up in. Whoa. Because the world you get used to when you're a kid is not the world anymore when you're an adult, right? So you're always prepared to live in an older, more antique world than you grew up in. Interesting. When do you think that started? I mean, even at the turn of the 20th century, I mean, people were going through these huge changes, right? Cars and radio and television. Yeah, I think around then, you know, Industrial Revolution is when things started to pick up. But I think it's after World War II that things really started to get crazy. Mm. You know, it's the development of electronics and and computers and and all that kind of stuff that really accelerated the pace of of technological change. 
Um, Now we're on this like very steeply moving curve that's accelerating to who knows where, right? It's so difficult to predict what technology will have in just a few years. So surely something as easy as anti-gravity should be done in a couple of years, right? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's just because it's on people's wish list doesn't mean that it's possible, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's easy and it doesn't mean that it's imminent. People have been waiting for flying cars for a while now and I don't see any, um, you know, on the street. What do you mean we have them? They're called helicopters or (laughs) airplanes or drones. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, if they haven't really replaced your your car yet, mm. I mean, I don't think. Do you have a helicopter, Jorge? <laughs> no, come on, I have three. <laughs> Great. Um, I'd like to borrow your helicopter, by the way. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Um, so, what is, what do you think it means for something to be anti gravity, or for to achieve anti gravity, or to make something that allows you to be anti gravity? So in my mind, there's something of an important distinction here. There's a difference between opposing gravity. Like, Mm. what does a rocket do? A rocket pushes back against Mm. gravity. Gravity's pulling you down, the rocket is pushing up. So Mm. you can overcome gravity. You can oppose gravity. That we can do for sure. Everybody here can jump, right? You're defeating the gravity of the Earth every time you take a leap. But that's not what we're talking about. I think we're talking about effortless floating. We're talking about negating gravity. We're talking about turning it off or something like shielding ourselves from the Earth's gravitational field. Right. I think people imagine it to be that you're floating, but you're not really doing much, right? Like if you're floating, but you're burning explosive rocket fuel or you're floating, but you're whipping around this helicopter blade, then that's, that doesn't really feel like anti-gravity, right? That's right, because it costs energy, right? Mm. It costs uh, um, time and money and energy to, to do it. The, the idea, the whole con- the effort, yeah. The whole concept of anti-gravity is effortless floating, effortless flying. So it doesn't take a huge amount of energy, right? And also it's nice and quiet and calm and, you know, you can, uh, you can read your magazine or whatever. So there's a concept there of, uh, of avoiding the cost of climbing out of the gravity well. Right. It's not pushing against gravity. It's like the idea is canceling gravity somehow. Yeah, exactly. Shielding yourself somehow. And the amazing thing is that this is possible for the other forces, Mm. right? Like electromagnetism, for example, that's something you can shield yourself from. You can cancel um, the influence of electric and magnetic fields. What do you mean? Like a shield? Exactly. Like a shield. And uh, if, for example, you've ever heard of a Faraday cage, a Faraday cage is just a box made out of metal. It doesn't even have to be um, complete. Uh, the sides don't even have to be complete. It can be like chain link fence. Mm. A box made out of metal, it's almost impossible to make a cell phone call from, right? Like you're in an elevator, you lose coverage. Why? Because the, the elevator is a box made of metal and a box made of metal will shield you from electromagnetic fields. Mm. So all those mixed martial arts artists... Fighting in a cage, they're all impervious to electromagnetic radiation. (laughs) That's right. They can't call their coach and say, what should I do now? Should I kick him in the head? Um, (laughs) Should I pull out their ear? That's (laughs) that's right. That's why they're not in their phones, because they just don't work. Um, And the reason that's possible Mm -hmm. is because there's two kinds of electromagnetic charges, right? There's positive and there's negative. So Mm -hmm. electrons are negative and protons are positive, for example. And what happens when you put a metal box inside an electromagnetic field is that it pulls the, the positive and negative charges apart in just such a way that it cancels itself inside the box. What do you mean it pulls them apart? 
in in the box it's material like in the metal yeah mm-hmm. yeah in metal metal is not is a conductor which means that there's negative charges all around um, which can be moved right mm-hmm. and what happens is that you have the electromagnetic field and that moves the charges around it responds to the electromagnetic field in just the right way to produce the opposing electromagnetic field which essentially cancels it right it sort of absorbs the forces of from electromagnetism yeah it or it, it makes a shield right it's like having the opposite field at the same time so the two things really are canceled mm. kind of like soundproofing a little bit like it absorbs the impacts you know like it absorbs the energy it's, i think it's a better analogy is more like noise canceling headphones right mm. noise canceling headphones don't just block the sound they produce sound which destructively interferes with the sound waves to cancel them out mm. yeah so that would be cool if you can somehow get into a box that somehow shields you from the force of gravity. You would f- basically be inside and you would float, right? That would be cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I would like that. No, that but I mean, that's awesome. the idea, right? I that, get into it. Is it uh, mm-hmm. We're looking for a way to cancel out the forces of gravity that would normally mm-hmm. get to you and pull you. That's right. And you can do that for electromagnetism because there's a positive and negative charge. The thing with gravity is that there's only positive charges, Right. Gravity is a force that it acts between any objects that have mass. And as far mm-hmm. as we know, there's only positive mass, which means there's only attractive gravity. So there's no way to build something that cancels the gravity or, you know, no, there's no way for a box to arrange itself in such a way that it negates gravity because there is no other kind of charge. There's no other kind of mass. There's no negative mass you can use to negate gravity. That's why anti-gravity is much trickier than anti-electromagnetism. Hmm. So in a metal box, there are positive and negative particles that cancel out the force that a, a normally would go through. But you're saying that with gravity, we can't do that because there's only one kind of gravity charge. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And that's why it has to be a metal box, because a metal box has those charges that can move around. If you're in a wooden box, then it doesn't have extra electrons which can be rearranged to cancel out the electromagnetic field that's coming from the outside. That's why a Faraday cage has to be made out of metal. So if you don't want the government to snoop on you or you don't want anybody to listen to your cell phone, then you could just get into a chain link box, right? Make mm-hmm. yourself a fence or find your dog kennel or something, right? Wherever you keep your dog at night right? and crawl into there and nobody can uh, snoop on your cell phone. You can't get any cell phone calls, right? Right. Well, well you have to ground, you have to ground it, right? Like you have to connect it to, to electrical ground. Yeah, it has to be grounded, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's think about what are other ways that you could make anti-gravity. Right, so how could anti-gravity actually work? Let's talk about that, but first, let's take a break. Physicists are famously sticklers for detail. And when it comes to the fine print contracts and hidden fees from wireless providers, I've learned that there's always a catch somewhere. So when I heard that the Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, where's the catch? But now I'm convinced... There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online, so they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass all those savings directly to you. So you can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15, 
15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. How do you feel about eating plastic? If you went to a restaurant and saw plastic on the menu, would you order it? Well, turns out that we're all eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every week. Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. Yuck. Well, what can we do about it? Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's not complicated. Refillable cleaning products without sacrificing on design. Their products have a beautiful, cohesive style that looks great on your counter. My family got the sampler pack and it already smelled great when we opened the box. Everything works super well, stuff gets really clean, and it's all super easy to use. So it's no extra hassle in our lives and we feel great knowing we're generating less plastic waste. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash universe. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash universe for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash universe to get 15% off. Okay, so anti-gravity is the idea of making something that is not affected by gravity or creating a space that is not affected by gravity, where gravitational forces can't get to you. That's right. You have to come up with some way to negate gravity. And, um, you know, it sounds pretty difficult. And what I said earlier about not having any negative mass makes it sound pretty hard. Um, but, you know, there are some possibilities. There are some things people are working on, some th- ways people think about that one day might eventually lead to anti-gravity. Okay, so what are, what are these possibilities? Well, one of them has to do with antimatter. We talked about antimatter in another podcast. And for those of you who haven't listened to it yet, antimatter is a form of matter where most of the things are flipped. So, for example, the opposite of an electron is a positron. Instead of having a negative charge, it has a positive charge. Mm-hmm. So the positron is the antimatter version of the electron. And we don't understand a lot of things about antimatter, like why it exists at all, but why there's very little of it, why the universe is made out of matter or not antimatter. Um, But antimatter is a real thing, and we can create it in the laboratory. We do it at CERN all the time, and we can play with it. And one of the interesting things about antimatter is that we don't know what kind of gravity it feels. Like we know that antimatter has the opposite electric charge of matter, Mm -hmm. so it feels electromagnetism the opposite way. What does it feel about gravity? We know it has positive mass, but there's some theories of physics that say it could have negative gravity. Negative, meaning it responds to gravity 
in the opposite way. Exactly. There could just be a minus sign there because antimatter has a lot of minus signs where normal matter has positive signs. And so it's entirely possible that antimatter feels um, gravity the other way. Mm. That it's a, for antimatter, gravity is not an attractive force, but a repulsive force. Against everything else. That's right, yeah. Against everything that has mass. And so, for example, if you brought matter and antimatter together, if they were electrically neutral, so there are no other forces, then, um, you know, one would be, the matter would be attracted to the antimatter, but the antimatter would be repulsed from the matter. What? So they would be continually chasing each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be pretty crazy, right? Whoa. What? Oh. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's in, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like I'm making this up. It sounds like I've been smoking too many banana peels, but it's honestly um, a real possibility. Now, in order to investigate this, we've been studying it. We've been trying to make antimatter, and we have. We've made picograms of antimatter in the lab in order to study it and see, like, is antimatter the same as matter except for having these flipped charges? And, and we've answered all those questions. But the mm -hmm. problem is that we haven't made enough antimatter. It's pretty tricky to make antimatter and to hold it and to do experiments with it. And you need a lot of antimatter to test these theories just because gravity is so weak, right? Remember, gravity is the weakest force in the universe by a huge amount. So to test a theory of gravity, you need like a chunk of the stuff. And we've made picograms of it. Wow. So I'm just, I'm still trying to wrap my, my head around this idea of something having anti-gravity instead of having positive gravity. I know. Now you're excited, right? You started off this podcast, you're like, this is crazy. And now uh -huh. you're like, wait, this is a great idea. <laughs> So like a little ball of this antimatter would just not, it wouldn't fall down to the earth. It would try to leave the earth as quickly as possible. Yeah, it would feel the earth's gravitational field the opposite way, right? Yeah. Mm. Would it, but would it stay together? Like would an antimatter particle be attracted to another antimatter particle through gravity? Well, that's a great question. If they both have negative gravity, then, if they, then two negative charges would probably attract each other and a positive negative would repel, repel each other. Oh, so you could have a whole planet of anti-gravity stuff, but it would, just be it would just constantly be trying to be as far away from everything else as possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, there's another really tricky question there, which is um, about the kind of, about what we mean by mass, right? We have, it's actually two definitions of mass. One mm -hmm. is gravitational mass, which means how are you affected by gravity, right? You are pulled down by the earth because you have mass. That's the gravitational mass. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole other concept of mass called inertial mass. Mm -hmm. And this has to do with F equals MA. Force mm -hmm. is mass times acceleration. It says, how much do you move when you're pushed? So if you get a big push, you move more. If you get a little push, you move less, right? But it's also this question of mass. That's the M in F equals MA. If oh. you push something really small, like a ping pong ball, it goes pretty far. If you push something really heavy, like a boulder, it doesn't go as far, right? Right. So the mass affects it. Right. And for most things in the universe that we've ever studied, those two things are exactly the same. They're different concepts, but they're identical when we measure them, right? Everything right. we've ever seen has the same gravitational and inertial mass. But it would be really weird if antimatter had the opposite gravitational mass, but like the same inertial mass. Or even weirder would be to have opposite inertial mass, which would mean like you push it left and it goes right. What? Yeah, if you had opposite, if you had negative inertial mass. That seems impossible, isn't it? 
Well, that's just because it's unfamiliar, right? Now, this mm. is the kind of thing we've actually tested. So we've done experiments with antimatter. We know that they have positive inertial mass oh. that, because we can manipulate it, right? We've even built accelerators like the Tevatron Collider at Fermilab used antiprotons. And so we know what happens when you push a piece of antimatter. Oh. We know it has positive inertial mass. You can't tell if it's falling down to the earth. Like you can't tell if you need to hold it up for it to be there. Yeah, because what is the gravitational force on a proton? It's so tiny because the mass of a proton is so tiny. Right. All the other forces are thousands and millions and billions of times stronger. So right. it's almost impossible to measure the gravitational force on a proton because it's so close to zero. Right. But if you just left it alone, wouldn't it fall up or fall down? Yeah, but if you have an anti-proton mm -hmm. and you just leave it alone, it's going to interact with everything around it, right? Mm. It's, it's almost impossible to have an anti-proton and have it be nowhere near any other matter and have no electromagnetic fields at all so that you cancel everything else out. That's a pretty difficult experiment to do. And so, I mean, they're trying to do that kind of thing and they've, they've built blobs of matter to play with them at CERN, but they, they don't have enough where they can register the gravitational force on, on an antiparticle. It's wow. just not something we know yet. And it's amazing when such a basic question about antimatter, like which way does it feel gravity? We just don't know the answer because we don't have enough of it. We haven't been able to do the experiment yet. We haven't been able to ask the universe that question. Wow. So that answer is out there waiting for us. So you're saying that we as humans can make stuff that might possibly be anti-gravity. We can make antimatter, which might be anti-gravity, might float naturally. That's right, yeah. Um, the problem, of course, is that we can't make a lot of it. It's pretty difficult, um, mm. which makes it pretty, which means, you know, making your hoverboard is going to be pretty far down the list. And the other problem is if you make an antimatter hoverboard, like you're not going to want to stand on it unless you're made of anti-person, right? unless you're an anti-person made of antimatter, because <laughs> if normal matter stands on an antimatter hoverboard, kaboom, right? That's the, the trope from science fiction, which is actually true. Matter meeting antimatter, big explosions. So antimatter would be, even if it was anti-gravity, it would be a bad idea to make stuff out of it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. And I also wouldn't recommend investing in your friend's venture capital firm, uh, which is investing in an anti-gravity technology based on antimatter. Yeah, not <laughs> likely to succeed. Oh, I see. Not, uh, not for your safety, just for your bank account. That's right. Free financial advice from a physicist who knows nothing about finance. That's right. Don't invest in things that might explode or destroy <laughs> the universe. Unless they're designed to explode, in which case invest away, right? Right. Huh. But then you'd have blood in your hands. <laughs> That's right. You know, that brings us to another way to think about gravity because, mm. you know, We've been talking about gravity sort of in the context of Newton's ideas about gravity, where you mm -hmm. have two blobs and you think of gravity as like a force between those blobs, right? right? Negative mass, positive mass, negative forces, whatever. But, you know, we have a more modern way of thinking about gravity, and that's as a bending of space. Meaning that uh, when something is attracted to you by gravity, it's not that there's a force between you, it's just that the shape of space-time between the two of you is bending to bring you together. That's right, exactly. So you can ask, like, why does the Earth go around the sun? Well, Newton would say there's a force of gravity, but Einstein would say, no, the sun has bent space in such a way that moving in a circle seems to be going in a straight line. That's the simplest path, the path of least resistance, is, just, is moving in a straight line around the sun. Mm. So from that point of view, right, gravity is a bending of space. And a, a common way to think about this is, you know, imagine a rubber sheet and a bowling ball bend space. And you have a marble that goes around in that, inside that depression, that gravity well, right? 
So from that point of view, it's much trickier to imagine how you could avoid gravity, right? Because to avoid gravity, shield yourself from gravity, to negate gravity would mean sort of unbending the space only in your local area, right? How you have to like cancel out the bending of space. But wait, wouldn't you need to unbend, for example, the space around the Earth? You know, like that's that'd be huge. Like the the Earth, I'm sure, is bending space a lot, right? I, absolutely, you can feel it, right? You can feel it because it's pulling you down. You are sliding down that gravity well in bent space towards the center of the Earth. Oh, that's you're what saying keeps you on the Earth just around me? Correct that little bending of space. Yeah, exactly. I like how you say correct. Like, it's uh, the natural way of things would be for you, for Jorge, to float above the ground like the Buddha or something. <laughs> um, that's a nice image. Um, yeah, exactly. So, from the general relativistic point of view, the way to do it would be to somehow make space flat or only around you, right? Mm, and that's unbended. pretty hard to imagine. Yeah, to unbend it, right? And that's pretty hard to imagine because you'd have to have something which bends space the other way. Than that Earth does, right? Earth is bending space in one way. You have to sort of oppose that, uh, not climb up the gravity well, but like unbend space. Oh, I see. You're saying to to achieve anti-gravity, I don't have to myself become anti-gravity. I just have to affect the space-time around me. Exactly. Like unbended from distortion of the planet Earth. Yeah, exactly. Imagine you're, um, imagine the Earth's gravitational field as like a bowl, right? And you're mm-hmm. on, on the slippery side of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so Earth is pulling you down. And then imagine instead you can create a ledge. You can flatten it so that you have a place to stand so that no longer is the Earth pulling on you, right? That's, that's the idea is to create a flat spot in space all oh. around you so that you're not sliding down towards the center of the Earth anymore. I see. So that's kind of a roundabout way, right? Because you're not, you're not trying to cancel gravity, you're just trying to reshape space-time. Yeah, but remember, Einstein says that the shape of space-time is gravity. That's what gravity is. Gravity is just us feeling the shape of space-time. That there right. is no force. Gravity is not a force. It's just the result of space-time being bent by various pieces of matter and energy. Right, but I'm saying if you can find a way to bend space-time, then you could technically achieve anti-gravity. Yeah, exactly. And so how do you do that? How is, is that possible, right? Well, you know, um, according to um, Einstein's theory, what you'd have to have is something which has a, the opposite effect. And so mm. there is this concept, it's called exotic matter. Mm-hmm. We dug into it a little bit on another podcast episode when we were talking about wormholes. And the idea is that you could have matter with negative mass, right? So this is not antimatter with positive mass that feels gravity the opposite way. This is something which actually has negative mass. That's right. And uh, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. But first, a quick break. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. 
Let's get into it. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So what's the difference between exotic matter and something like antimatter? Isn't antimatter exotic? Antimatter is pretty weird, but exotic matter is different. So first of all, antimatter is real. Okay, it's, we've seen it. We made it. We know it's there. Nobel Prizes have been a, a, awarded for it. So it's a real thing. Nobody's anti-antimatter. <laughs> That's right. I am pro-antimatter, um, and which makes me just matter, I guess. Hey, look, finally, I matter. Um, that was a terrible joke. But exotic matter is not. It's just theoretical. Mm. Now, the difference is antimatter we know has positive mass, okay? Um, mm-hmm. and, but exotic matter we think would have negative mass, right? Which is a, a really weird concept. What does that even mean? Like the more you have of it, the easier it would be to push. Or if you push it, it would come back at you. Yeah, exactly. Um, it has negative mass, which means if it has negative inertial mass, and we don't know, but if it had negative mm-hmm. inertial mass, it would mean that if you push it, it comes back against you, right? You push it left, and it goes right. That would, so F equals mi- like minus MA, essentially, mm. um, if it has negative immer- inertial mass. But the hope is it has negative gravitational mass. And, um, you know, this whole concept was sort of invented in order to stabilize theoretical wormholes. Nobody's ever seen exotic matter. Nobody really knows if it exists. It's allowed in the equations, which puts on the list Mm -hmm. of like stuff that could exist, but we don't know if it actually does. And some of that stuff on that list has turned out to be real, you know, like black holes was for a long time theoretically possible, but never observed. Now observed definitely exists. So exotic matter Mm -hmm. might be real. But we don't know how to make it. Meaning that the equations of the universe say that technically you can you can have this kind of matter. We just never have never seen it. 
That's right. We've never seen it before, so we don't know. And it's called Exotic because... Because it's a crazy idea. It should have been called Crazy Looney Tunes Matter because it's just a a silly idea. Um, But, you know, it's like, let's invent... It's it's sort of like, the argument is like this. What would you need to solve this problem of wormholes and Mm anti-gravity? Okay, well, you'd need something like this. Well, could that possibly exist? Let's check the math. Math says it could exist. All right, go out and find it. So it's a reasonable way to proceed. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just stuck on that go out and find it point. Okay, so this exotic matter mm-hmm. might have negative mass, which you could use potentially to reshape space time around you so that you don't feel gravity. Exactly. And there's uh, there's one more way to use general relativity to maybe reshape space, mm-hmm. and this is both more plausible and less plausible at the same time. If you believe that, huh? It's a Schrodinger's matter. (laughs) Exactly. And that's to use something called inflationary matter. So if you ask like, can gravity ever be repulsive? And we said earlier that in order for gravity to be repulsive, you need to have negative mass of some sort. Mm -hmm. That's not exactly true because general relativity tells us that it's not just mass that bends space, it's energy. And it does it in a really complex way. It's a combination of mass and energy. And it turns Mm -hmm. out there are ways to arrange matter and energy so that you get negative pressure. Because general relativity is really mathematically complicated, and there are some fancy mm. ways to arrange stuff so that gravity becomes repulsive. What do you mean arrange? What does that mean? Like put it in a certain configuration or yeah. do weird things to it? <laughs> well, I, don't know what, I don't know what kind of weird things you want to do to your matter. <laughs> do way. exotic things to it. Boy, am I gl- I'm glad that this is a podcast. It's audio only at this point. Um, but yeah, there's certain arrangements. And so for those of you who are very technically minded, you can Google this and read all about the mass-energy tensor, which is used to calculate uh, gravitational forces in general relativity. And there are ways to, inf- to arrange that in such a way to get negative pressure. And you might think, well, this sounds kooky, it sounds crazy. Well, mm-hmm. the reason it's called inflationary matter is that we think it might have existed in the very first few moments of the universe. And it's responsible for inflation. You know, inflation is the mm-hmm. s- super huge rapid stretching of space in the first millisecond of the universe that made the universe as big as it is. And so mm-hmm. it's less plausible because like, wow, how would you ever do that? But it's more plausible because we think it might have happened already. Mm. But wait, how is it different than exotic matter or antimatter? Well, inflationary matter, well, we don't know. I mean, this is, we're like way out on the edges of theoretical um, <laughs> speculation here. Um, there's lots of different theories about how inflation happened. Um, some of, some theories require some super kind of weird particle called an inflaton, right? An inflaton. Inflaton. I know, isn't that the craziest? It causes inflation. Like, oh my God, my money's getting weaker. Somebody's been shooting inflatons at me. Um, so that's one idea is it's a special kind of matter which causes it. Um, so that, that would basically be in the same category as exotic oh, matter. Oh, I see. It's like It's like a weird kind of matter that feels gravity, has inertial, regular inertial mass, but somehow in its inner configuration, it, it, it kind of bends space the other way. Like yeah, it, it sort exactly. of inflates space instead of causing divots for you to fall into. Exactly, right. And, you know, we are, again, we are way on the limb here of, of speculation. And there's a lot of varieties of theories of inflatons. It's not like one idea. It's like a whole family of crazy ideas. 
Um, mm. And you know, some people think about making inflationary matter out of weird configurations of normal matter, and so you get pretty far out there. But again, we think it might have existed. We use it as a way to explain the way the universe inflated early on, but we don't know how to make it. It's not like we can create inflationary matter. We know anything else about it. It's just it's another oh. one of these sort of empty boxes in the theory we say if this kind of thing existed it would help solve this problem so let's check it out and see if we can make it we're nowhere close to even determining that it's that it can exist in the universe that it does exist not to mention being able to create it or use it for something like consumer technologies all right well so you're saying it, it may not be possible to with technology or materials that we have now to somehow figure out how to create some kind of field that that and negates gravity. That doesn't seem very likely. I would not bet on that happening in the next few years. I would say, theoretically, there are some avenues you might be able to go down to make it work. So I would not say Mm -hmm. it's totally impossible, but I would say it's also very impractical. But you know, there are Mm. people working on it. Really? There are anti-gravity researchers. That's right. Or maybe gravity anti-researchers, based on how well-respected they are. <laughs> there's even there's a prize. If you can demonstrate anti-gravity, you can win a 1 million euro prize from this European foundation that's seeking to stimulate research. And there are people out there working on it. There are even people out there who have claimed to invented anti-gravity devices. Well, I think there are people out there who, who claim to make zero-gravity armchairs. That's right. That doesn't mean that they are anti-zero gravity. Yeah, if you want to win the prize, just buy one of those zero gravity massage chairs, put some stamps on it, and send it in. I'm sure nobody's thought of that. No, there's (laughs) a um, there's a sort of famous or infamous guy named uh, Podklitnov, and he's claimed Mm. to have developed anti-gravity technology, and nobody's been able to reproduce his results. Meaning he claimed he made something that was antimatter, or he claimed to have found a way to you know cancel out the the gravitational field of, of a planet. Right, he claims to have made a, a, a device which can reduce the gravitational field um, of the planet. And nobody knows how it works because it doesn't. Um, and nobody's been able to reproduce his results. And he always claims, oh, you haven't actually retried it the way I did it or you did it wrong or whatever. But he's never let people like ex- explore his lab. Um, and so it's a bit shady. Nobody really, nobody, no mainstream scientist takes these results seriously at all. But people are out there working on it. And sometimes uh-huh. great results come from the extremes, right? From the fringes. And so I'm glad that people are out there tinkering and maybe someday somebody will make it work. Yeah, and win a million euros. That <laughs> just somehow doesn't seem like enough reward for creating anti-gravity. No, I think it probably costs a lot more than a million euros to make anti-gravity, right? So it's not really a big enough prize. Plus, if you make anti-gravity, oh my God, the technological applications are huge, right? So you could be, it's a bazillion dollar um, uh, invention. There's no way you're turning it over to some foundation for a million euros. Right. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, how would the world change if we somehow invented anti-gravity? Like, things would be pretty different, right? Yeah, everything would be a lot lighter, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you could, I mean, transportation would would cost almost no energy, right? Mm. Um, we could all take to the skies almost for free. Uh, you could go to space for free, right? So we could very right. rapidly build up a space-based industry, right? Lifting right. heavy industry into space. You like build a factory on Earth and you just lift it up into space. And then you have factories in space pumping out spaceships or habitats or something, Right. So that right. would be amazing. That's basically what's preventing us from going out into space and colonizing other planets and solar systems. It's it's the gravity of planet Earth that's holding us down. 
That's right. And the gravity of yourself. Like say you want to accelerate to the speed of light or your spaceship to go really fast. Mm-hmm. One of the things that slows you down is is the the gravity of things around you, right? And so if you could reduce that, mm-hmm. then uh, you could go a lot faster. You could accelerate more quickly. Um, yeah, I was just in uh, Alabama at the um, space center there they have in Huntsville, Alabama, and they have this huge Saturn V rocket on display. And the way they talk about it is that they say that to leave the planet Earth, to go into orbit around Earth, your vehicle, your rocket, has to be 95% fuel. So most of, like if you see a giant rocket taking off into space, 95% of that rocket is just basically gasoline. It's, it's rocket fuel that you need to burn just to get that little tip of the rocket out into space. That's right. And most of your fuel is spent lifting the rest of the fuel, right? Yeah. Because the more fuel you carry, the heavier you are, the more fuel you need. And so it gets expensive pretty fast. Right. But if you could somehow make anti-gravity, you would just not need so much fuel. You could just float above all of the earthly problems. Yeah. So if you have a great idea for anti-gravity, hey, get to work on it or send it to us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. <laughs> send it to us at zero-gravity-armchairs at danielandjorge.com. <laughs> we'll cut you in for part of the million-dollar prize, we promise. All right, well, I'll help you, all of you out there, feel just a little bit lighter having <laughs> listened to this podcast. All right, thanks everyone for listening. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber. Not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.